What's up, internet podcast community? My name's Cam. This is Three Questions Podcast, episode 31. Today, I have a very special guest, my good friend Ian, who lives in Denver, Colorado. He's been one of my clients previously, and also he's crushing it in the real estate market. Ian, how you doing, man? Good, man. It's a complete honor to be here, man. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I know you have your podcast too. We already talked about the format of this podcast. We've developed our three questions. Each one you'll answer in five minutes each. For the most part, I want you to share your wisdom from your time. Anything you want to do, of course, feel free to self-promote, talk about all this stuff at the end. I will include that in the links as well. So I want to hear all of it. And if you're ready, I think we can just jump right into the questions. Fire away, Captain. Cool. I'll set a timer. Again, I'll give you like a four minute thing when you're you're coming close, but don't don't worry about rambling. Just share your wisdom for everyone listening. All right. Cool. So qu- question number one, jumping from the corporate world to a new state and new industry. Do you want to tell us what that was like and what you did? Yeah, man, that is a, it's probably a story that a lot of people go through as well. Going from a W-2 job to a 1099 contractor, quote unquote, job, uh, especially being self-employed, especially me being in real estate, a lot of lenders just don't like me. They don't like the inconsistent income. They don't like that um, I can't prove that I'm getting this certain amount. Thus, I'd like to buy more real estate, but I need financing from the bank. So it's sort of this weird catch-22 where I'm in the real estate world, but I'm not getting the proper financing to buy more real estate. So anywho, you have to get a little bit creative, but nonetheless, going back to your original question of what was that transition like going from corporate to 1099? Man, it is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be because um, when I was uh, working a W-2 job, the brand, the company, the business attracts a lot of the leads coming in. And uh, let's say for Starbucks, right? Everyone knows Starbucks. It's nationwide. You you see the siren, you see the green, you see the logo. People love it and they're drawn to it. They get a Frappuccino, they get coffee, whatever it is. They don't need any sort of specific marketing from the cashier, from the barista, from anyone else that's in store. It does it by itself. So me going from, I mean, I used to work at Starbucks for eight years and I didn't do any sort of marketing. So um, going from that into a self-employed, I'm running my own business and I need to generate my own leads. That is the biggest transition for me where I'm like, okay, why aren't people calling me? Why aren't they realizing that I'm going to be providing them excellent value? And in realization that uh, they just don't know about me, they haven't heard of me. Like I'm brand new to the industry of real estate. And that was back in 2021. And after COVID, people are trying to get out more and things are sort of dying down with the pandemic. Um, but at the same time, like I have no sphere of influence here. Maybe just my parents and my brother was here in Denver and I'm coming from San Diego. How do I get more people to hear about me? Right. And that's kind of why I started the podcast out here in Denver. It's called the Big Locals Podcast. At least that was the first version of it. Now it's called Invest in Denver Podcast. So back in the day, I just wanted to provide a lot of value for the community and for the Denverites here, where I go to local pop-up shops, farmer's markets, um, go to grand opening events and just interview them like five, 10, 15 minutes, like on the spot in person, just bring my microphone and just look like this amateur reporter (laughs) and just hearing their story right then and there, right in front of their storefront, you know? 
And so I think I got a lot of good karma from that. And a lot of people wanted to be on the podcast after that, where I just put a lot of spotlight on them. We can hear their story. And it's a lot of these pain points of growing a business. And I get to learn from their um, their growing pains as well. So here I am getting some information for my selfish reasons, but also providing that for a lot of the other entrepreneurs that are here in Denver as well. Because after the pandemic, a lot of people got furloughed, fired, whatever it might be. And they were like, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself as opposed to rely on this entity to provide an income for myself, you know? So um, that is how I initially started to get more people to like me. And I needed friends too. So I think <laughs> hearing people's stories and getting that conversation going really drew out that, um, you know, the friendship portion of it and also lead generation, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I keep on uh, digressing, but, uh, or I keep on going on all these tangents, but nonetheless, I digress into the biggest part of it was having people trust me and learn that aspect of it where um, I had to learn the industry as well. And I've been investing in real estate back in San Diego. And when I came over to Denver, I realized that um, I can use that same skill set that I learned back in San Diego to help out my first time home buyers, help out these investors of like, hey, this is my story. And I think that you can replicate these steps in order for you to become successful and take all of the advantages of investing in real estate. So a lot of these people see that value and uh, I'm I'm really bullish on social media and video uh, versus just audio or just texting or emails. And um, I think that really responds well with people, especially getting that FaceTime without being there in person. I make one content or one piece of video and people can see uh, like I can get thousands of views just from one, one minute video. And I feel like that's a huge leverage point here and getting uh, more business that way. Dude. I mean, great, great answers. I, I'm so impressed by your ability to just go from the corporate world where things are safe and you can rise up and you know, there's always going to be customers coming in the door to going out on your own and being a real estate agent. Okay. I don't, I'm sure you feel this way. I'm sure you feel like an entrepreneur, but I don't think the public generally sees real estate people as mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. I, I don't get that feeling. And I know I certainly didn't. I have that viewpoint now because I see just how hard you guys work. And I think it's incredible. And I think there's a lot to learn from that, right? It's mm -hmm. never too late. You're never too old. You can always do it if you're just willing to bet on yourself, which you clearly have. So yeah, kudos to you. I'm going to jump in um, and reset question number two. You ready for it? I'm ready, man. We prefaced you and briefed you like Joe Biden. So we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about it here. Uh, so question number two, what is house hacking? And what sort of success have you seen it performed in? Do you do it yourself? Tell us about house hacking because I feel like nobody really knows what that is. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I feel like it's just a fancy term for something that people have been doing for generations. Uh, whether that's multi-generational family where you got uh, a place living with your mom, your grandma, something like that, where I'm so used to that back in San Diego, where the cost of living is just so freaking high. Mm -hmm. And you see this in so many other metropolitan cities from Seattle, Portland, Austin, well, now Austin, not back in the day, Austin, uh, New York, Jersey, wherever it might be, where people just can't buy a house 
and try to afford that mortgage month over month and try to have a normal social life at the same time, right? So the concept of house hacking is merely putting down as little money as possible, possibly 5% down. So for example, if it's a $500,000 home, you're putting down 5%, which is about 25 grand um, plus closing costs and all this other good stuff. So with that, you can also find ways to generate income on that home. For example, let's say if you buy a four-bedroom, two-bath place, and you take up one of the bedrooms, and there's three left, you can rent out each of those bedrooms for, let's say here in Denver, about 800 bucks per month. And if you're able to get 800 bucks per month per bedroom, that's what, 2,400 bucks that you can get per month. And if your mortgage is $3,000 per month, you're only paying out-of-pocket 600 bucks, and now you own a four-bed, two-bath place and a place you want to live. And all you got to do is just make that short-term sacrifice of living with other people where I like to work with a lot of people that have just graduated college and they already have that dorm lifestyle built in. So Mm. all they have to do is just transition from college into owning a home and renting out the rooms just like college. But now you have that sort of sense of responsibility. And not only do you own a home, but you're also running a business here. You're generating Mm -hmm. income. You have expenses. You're generating revenue at the same time. But along with that, you have your tenants pay down your loan for you. And you get a lot of these tax benefits as well. And I'm not a CPA, but this is what I've been seeing where I've only paid about $3,000 over the four years that I've been investing in real estate in taxes. So I use depreciation, solar panels, um, like the interest that I pay off or the interest that I pay for my mortgage gets written off like a portion of that. I work from home. So a portion of my utility bill gets written off and a portion of the square footage of the house gets written off because I use it as an office. So I digress here. I I feel like there's so many good ways to um, live in the place you want with as little money as possible. And just having that short-term sacrifice of living with other people just makes things so much more tangible and so much more set up for success for the next five years, 10 years, 15 years. And right now I'm on house hack number four. I initially started back in San Diego where I bought a duplex, which means there's two units. Me and my wife lived in one of the units and had a roommate in that same unit. And we rented out the other unit as well. And then we moved over to Denver and started house hacking over there. And we were like, whoa, this place has basements. Oh my God, like this just blew my mind here, you know? So even yeah. with the 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 added novelty of having a basement, like that just made us so excited to go generate even more income. So the latest one that we did, we lived in the basement and we operated the upstairs as an Airbnb. So mm-hmm. where we can get the most juice for that squeeze. Mm-hmm. So I, I think with all of that being said, the... The concept of house hacking is to make sure that you're set up for life. And if you just hold on to these properties where I've been seeing with my San Diego property, it has grown $300,000 in appreciation over four years. And that is like another salary along with the money that I'm making as a real estate agent as well. So anyone could do this. Everyone loves talking about real estate. Everyone loves talking about the market. I mean, this is the place that I want to be in and I'm so passionate about it. Dude, that's that's incredible. You're right. That is a whole other salary, right? That's sixty grand a year. Uh, yeah, no, it, close. It, I don't know. 80, 80, 
no 50 I don't know. I'm not 75. Sorry. I'm not. I'm my brain is like fried from all the work that I've been doing. I've been staring at a computer for too long. But the concept of house hacking, I feel like people don't view home ownership as the ability to run a business. I think they look at it as a liability first and foremost, which yes, of course it is. But the way that you talk about house hacking turns that into, hey, this house can be a business and here's how to leverage it for tax purposes. And if you're a young person, I think targeting young uh, people just out of college. Perfect. And I have no doubt about it. You're going to be highly successful if you continue doing this for years to come. So that's awesome. Um, question number three, we'll jump over to it. Question number three, and this is one of your favorites, right? And you, you hit on this earlier, but marketing for yourself, when you're running your own business, when you're an entrepreneur, you have a very unique strategy. I want to know what are the best tips, tricks, strategies for entrepreneurs listening to this podcast about how to market yourself. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Uh, this is stuff that I had to learn for myself. And I know with being a real estate agent, um, a lot of them say to work your sphere and your sphere of influence is just like your friends, your family, people that you have in your phone. But the thing is, is that all the people in my phone were back in San Diego. <laughs> they don't want to buy a place in Denver. Like they're staying yeah. in San Diego. Right. Yeah. So I, I had to figure out a way to make sure, like I was mentioning earlier, like the podcast, things like that. But, uh, I did touch on this earlier where social media and YouTube and video, is such a huge component with getting that FaceTime nowadays. And I'll get back to like how to actually start it or how to feel it out. But nowadays, so many people have been seeing my videos and I've had some religious viewers, like every week they watch my videos every day. They watch my Instagram reels and things like that, where they see the background. They're like, Hey, I saw that you had a Les Paul back in the background here. Like how long have you been playing? I'm like, dude, I, I even mentioned that I play guitar, but they're already seeing stuff in my room and incorporating that almost like mm -hmm. we're friends already, you mm -hmm. know? So I feel like that's already such a warm lead generation where they see my face, they see my expressions, they know how I talk because I do have these like, dude, what up? Like it's a very West coast language, mm -hmm. you know? And so with that, um, going back to lead generation here, um, there's something for everyone here. And a lot of people see their skills shine and let's say door knocking, uh, mm -hmm. open houses. And I'm talking about real estate in general, but like you can implement this in however you use in your industry, but let's mm -hmm. say flyers, uh, direct mail, um, uh, cold emails, things like that, or LinkedIn direct messaging. But for me, it is merely social media and video. So the reason why I do that is the reason I described uh, before where it's like that warm lead also, but also I liked that aspect where I can leverage my time, where I can make one piece of content and it can speak to the right person or right people as soon as I create it and post it. And on Instagram, the demographic on there is a little bit older. I'd say it's like millennials and some of the older Gen Zers. And I repurpose that same content to TikTok. And that demographic is a little bit younger than that. I'd say like mid twenties to let's say mid teenagers, you know? So I post in TikTok, Instagram, and also YouTube. And I have these weekly videos on YouTube as well, where I can really express my prowess here, where I have other videos where it's like, what is it like house hacking? What are the numbers behind house hacking? What have my previous numbers have been for house hacking or even people? 
excuse me, where they want to move from, let's say, California or Washington into here, Colorado, they need to know what it's like to live here. So if I was searching, like if I was staying in Boston for a week and I have no idea what Boston is known for other than the Celtics, like I'm going onto YouTube, you know, I go to YouTube first and they say like, what is a day in the life of a Bostonian or whatever you want to call them? (laughs) So they say like it's lobster rolls or like clam chowder. Like I can't think of anything else. Turns out like it's a much smaller city than I, than I realized. And this is all from watching YouTube. So if I'm able to produce that same kind of content for those that are looking to stay for two weeks in Denver or like want to go out to the mountains to Breckenridge to do some skiing, I want to be that guy. I want to be that person that they see first when they search on YouTube. Um, Yeah. In order to get the proper equipment or proper mindset to realize like, what is it like here? Like, is snow really that big of a problem? Do I need a Subaru, which like 90% of all Denverites have here? Like that is all questions that people want to ask. So if I were to impose some sort of tip or strategy for uh, your audience here, I would say that like, look into YouTube. Let's say you're a plumber, right? Let's say you have a plumbing business with a five-man team here. Basic things, let's say you have a clogged drain in your bathroom sink. Teach them how to loosen a P-trap, um, have like a bucket underneath, um, why you shouldn't use Drano, uh, why you like certain faucets compared to other ones, or why do they have freaking see-through P-traps? That's gross. Like, but why is it here? You know what I mean? I've seen that in a lot of my home tours, but I have no idea why people even choose that kind of like P-trap. But anywho, there is something out there that you know people will be searching for. And you should definitely implement that because once they see you as a trusted source, they will go to you first for any problems that they have. Mm-hmm. I, Dude, I couldn't agree more with you. And I think that the way you've positioned all of your content, all the content that I see at least, it is you want to help people. You are sharing things that you know, that you've learned, and you are providing that as a benefit to people. So it's like 80% educational, 20% self-promotional, which I think is the perfect thing. It's known as the Pareto principle. I'm sure you're you're aware. But like yeah. that is so helpful because I don't know anything about house house hacking. I'm gonna be stationed there uh next year, right? And I I want to buy a house. I don't know anything about it. Who do you think I'm gonna go to? Right. <laughs> so it's it's so, it's one of these, it's one of these things that um I think about all the time and it's so helpful when you can actually position yourself as a resource because then inbound marketing works for you. Your mm-hmm. content is out there acting like a fishnet. People get caught up in it. They interact with it. They're like, what kind of guitars are those? And now all of a sudden they're coming to you. They're like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about moving to Denver. Ian's a guy, right? And pretty soon you stay on this train. You're going to be number one on YouTube, on podcasts for house hacking in Denver. And I have no doubt about it. I'm going to see Ian Ameno on a billboard someday when I when I'm back in Colorado. Okay. <laughs> One day, man. So that's that's really all I have for that, right? Three questions. We can certainly do this again. I would love to have you on to talk about this more. It is my one of my goals to do as much of these as I can in my schedule permits right now. Uh, and I will schedule this, but do you want to tell people who might be listening to this who are thinking about buying a home? How can they reach you? What are your your handles? Give me give me all the all the spiel. Hundred um, percent. I am on Instagram a lot. Uh, definitely hit me up there. It's Ian Real Estate Agent. 
Uh, also on TikTok, I just repurpose a lot of the content there. Uh, also on YouTube, moving to Denver, Colorado, dash Ian Jimeno. Just search Ian. I'm sure I come up on either Google or YouTube. I have a pretty unique name. But nonetheless, uh, also text me or call me because I'm not just here to help you buy a home in Denver. I'm here to make sure that you're making the right financial decision for your next home purchase, wherever that might be. So 720-704-3522. Hit me up. I want to make sure that you're making the right decision. That's awesome, right? And for current homeowners, if they're looking to house hack, maybe get in on some of these tax benefits, they can reach out to you as well, right? 100%, man. Yes. Cool. So Ian, it's been a pleasure, man. I can't thank you enough for jumping on this. We will do this again, I promise. Um, And I hope to see you soon. You know it, man. I'd be honored. All right. See you, man.